you have your Bibles, please turn to the Gospel of Luke. We want to uh, start uh, this month, of course, talking about Christmas. Duh, it's December. But today we want to talk about something vitally important to us, and that's joy. Of course, uh, I don't always do this, but let's start today with a joke. It's one of my favorite Christmas jokes. You ready for a Christmas joke? All right, here it is. So there was a little boy who wanted a bicycle for Christmas, and so he asked his mom and dad for a bicycle. And you know, they kind of played coy a little bit, and so they thought this might be a good training opportunity. They said, well, have you prayed about it? He said, well, no. She's, the mom said, well, I think you should probably pray about it. So he went upstairs to his room, and he knelt down beside his bed, and he said, oh, Jesus, please, I want a bike so bad. Please give me a bike. Please give me a bike. Please, 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 please. But later that day, he thought, I'm not really confident that I was praying effectively. So the next day, he's walking through the living room, the television's on, and they just happened to have this fiery evangelist preaching there on the television, and he was saying, man, you need to name what you want, and you need to claim it, and you need to be confident, and, and just boldly go before the throne of grace. So he said, I'll try that. He goes upstairs, kneels beside his bed. He said, oh, Jesus, I claim I'm going to get a bike. I believe you're going to give me a bike. I'm confident I'm going to get a bike. But later that day, he just wasn't really confident in that prayer. Well, the next day, he's walking through the living room again. He looks over at the bookshelf there, and he sees a statue of Mary. He grabs the statue. He runs upstairs. He kneels beside his bed, and he said, Oh, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> Some people will do whatever it takes to get their prayers answered. All right, you're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2, and we're going to talk today about joy, and joy is a great thing, isn't it? Let's read together Acts, uh, Luke, sorry, Luke, chapter number 2, we'll start reading at verse number 6. While they were there, while Joseph and Mary were there in Bethlehem, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of, angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the, angels had, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. God wants to give us joy. 
It is something that he has proclaimed in his word from the beginning to the very end. God gives us himself at this time of Christmas, which is the greatest expression of love that anyone can give, to give of themselves. The word says, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. And so God displays to us that he wants us to have joy by giving himself to us. Let's take a closer look at this interaction that the shepherds experienced and how we can glean from it the joy that God wants us to have. There's a couple of things we want to highlight today. Number one is the fact that God, our God, is a God of joyful interruptions. Here, the shepherds were doing their thing. They were watching the flock. They were doing what they had been doing, maybe for generations, but there was an interruption. God always wants to give us great and wonderful interruptions. He wants to interrupt our schedules. He wants to interrupt our priorities. And why? Because his plan is better than our plan. He has a better purpose for our life than what we could ever imagine. But what happened with the, with the shepherds is what? The first response that they had was they were terrified. They were like, oh, wow, what is going on? And sometimes when God interrupts our lives and he, he changes the trajectory of our lives, it's terrifying at first, and sometimes it's really scary, and yet we have this joy that God has spoken to us, that God has a direction for us, that God has a purpose for us, and that what's going to happen is going to be exceptional because God's right in the middle of it. And so he is a God of joyful interruptions. He did this with Elizabeth's life. Remember Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, she was too old to have children, and yet God said, no, you're not. And there was this joyful interruption. Now, Mary was on the other end, and she was young and not yet married, and God said, I've got a plan for you. I've got an interruption. And it was rather terrifying at first, but God began to continuously reveal himself to them to say, I've got a plan. Hang with me. We see that in Joseph's life, where Joseph was like, I don't even know what's going on here. I just know She's pregnant and we're not married. Whoa. But God spoke to him and the angels appeared to him as well. There's joyful interruptions with the wise men. He changed the trajectory of their lives. I thought of a man named Billy Sunday. Some of you may be familiar with who Billy Sunday was. He was a professional baseball player and at the same time an alcoholic. He literally got saved in the gutter of the street. Literally, he was drunk, he was on the side of the road, and he called out to God, and he was saved. He became a fabulous evangelist all across America and uh, was just one, one over a million people, I think, to Christ. God interrupted his life because God always has a better plan for our lives than what we have. God's desire is to interrupt everyone's life with what we call the new birth. And if you're here today and you've not experienced that new birth of being born again, you're going to be given an opportunity at the end of this worship service, our time together, where you can ask Christ to, to come into your life and cause you to be born again, and it's going to be the greatest interruption you have ever experienced. And it's going to change the trajectory of your life in such a wonderful, powerful, positive way, because then you will be in step with God, because your heart is going to be right with Him. God loves interruptions. But secondly, he is the God of joyful inspiration. There in verse number 10, we, we find something interesting. The angel says, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. Now, I like the way that's worded, don't you? 
I'm bringing you good news of great joy. If we had to flip those words around, I'm bringing you great news of good joy, that would change everything, wouldn't it? Because then it's just good joy. But here he says, I'm giving you great joy. I'm giving you a, great me- a good message about great joy. And that's the kind of joy that God gives us. It's a great joy. It's a joy that goes beyond whatever's happening in the day and even Saturday night, like last night. See, joy transcends that, doesn't it? It takes a few while, a few minutes to work it out after a bad thing happens, but it, it comes back. Joy's on the inside, isn't it? Joy is powerful. It transcends and goes beyond everything that happens. Joy is not dependent on just what's happening today or what he said or she said or they said or whether they like me or they don't like me or what's going on or how many likes did I get on Facebook. Joy has nothing to do with that. Joy transcends all of that because it's down deep inside of our lives. He says, I'm giving you good news about great joy. Now, the word great, when it's used in the Bible, when it's used about an object, it is about the spaciousness of that object. If something is a great object, it would be vast and great and spacious. But when the word great is used about a quantity, it it talks about abundance. And see, that's what joy is. He says, I've come to give you abundant joy. Not just a little, not just kind of good joy, not even really good joy. He said, I've come to give you great joy that goes beyond what's happening in our lives. It's so intense, the joy that God gives us. But in everything, when God gives us something, we must find ways to maintain that. Just as he gives us salvation, and he gives us peace, and he gives us love, and he gives us relationships, we find ways to maintain that. And it's important that we maintain the joy that we have. Otherwise, it will eke out, if you will. And it doesn't matter the, the, the process that really that you use to try and maintain your joy, honoring God, serving him, following him, but God give you ways to maintain that joy. It's kind of like a, a, a man who was in the grocery store and he was observing this young woman and her child shopping for groceries. The little child's in the basket sitting in the, the grocery cart, rather, not, not the basket, in the grocery cart. And so the mother is shopping, and so this man's observing this because when they went down the cookie aisle, the little girl pitched a fit. Mommy, give me cookies, cookies. I want cookies. You got to give me cookies right now. Give me cookies. And the mother said, now, Susan, now, Susan, listen, it's okay. You did, we just got a little bit more shopping to do, and then we'll be home, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. A few aisles later, the candy aisle, and the little girl pitches another fit, and it kind of raises the volume. Mommy, give me candy. Give me candy. I want candy, candy. Give me candy. And the mother said, now, Susan, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. We're just about ready to go out to, you know, and go through the checkout line, and then we'll be in the cart. Just, it's going to be okay. Well, they get to the checkout line, and, of course, there's gum at the checkout line. The, the little child pitches a fit. She went ballistic. Come, I want come, I want come. And the mother just said, now, Susan, it's going to be okay. Calm down. It's going to be fine. We're going to check out, get in the car. Ten minutes, we'll be home, and you can take a nap, and everything's going to be better. So then the mother and the daughter are out in the parking lot, and the, and the man has observed all of this, and he kind of approaches them and says, hey, listen, I just, I just want to compliment you. Wow, the way you were handling your daughter and... 
just how patient you were with your daughter Susan was just amazing. And the mother began to laugh. She said, my daughter is Tammy. I'm Susan. <laughs> so we find ways of maintaining our joy, right? Sometimes we just got to talk to ourselves. And I think, I think that's a really good thing to do. Because there are times in our lives when, when the enemy who is assigned to steal, kill, and destroy, will try to come and zap us of our joy and take it away from us and try and steal our love and our peace and our joy and our prosperity. His assignment is to steal, and he tries to steal it. And we've got to be about the people who say, the word of God tells me that I have the joy of the Lord and it is my strength. The word of God tells me that I am a person of love because God is love and he is my father. God tells me I have peace that transcends understanding, that guards my heart and my mind in Christ, and I'm not letting anybody steal my peace. I'm not letting anybody take away from me what God has promised in my life. And so we begin to proclaim that over our lives, and we begin to proclaim that to maintain what God's given us. It's vitally important for us. And so that joy that God gives us, he says, I want you to hold on to it, and it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a struggle. It's not going to be easy, but it's well worth it. It's well worth it. But thirdly, he's the God of joyful instructions. There in verse number 12, the angel says to the shepherds, he said, here's a sign that you will find. I'm giving you something that you got to look for. We don't like that. We just want God to give it to us, lay us in our lap while we're watching television. He said, I'm giving you a sign, but you're going to have to go. I'm giving you a sign, you're going to have to move. I'm giving you a sign, you got to find it. But I'm giving you the sign. You see, we can't be lazy Christians. We can't just say, hey, if God wants to bless me, he'll bless me. If God wants to do this, he'll do it. No, we've got to say, wait a minute, I'm saved. God has transformed my life. Now I'm going to dig into his word and I'm going to find out what it says. I'm going to find out what are these promises that God has given me? What is, what is the sign along the way? What, what is it? I'm going to find what God has promised me. I'm going to grab a hold of what God's promised me. I'm going to pull it into myself and it's going to change the trajectory of my life. Perhaps your whole family ancestrally is depressed, just depressed, not joyful. But you're a new creation in Christ, and God's given you joy. You got to find it, you got to grab it, you got to pull it in, and it'll affect your life. Is it going to be a struggle? Absolutely. But it's well worth the struggle. Good things are always worth the struggle. Amen? So God gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us all of these things, including financial prosperity. He gives us that too. But we've got to be wise and we've got to say, okay, God, what, what do you want? How do I maintain this blessing? How do I know where to place this blessing? How do I know how to share this blessing? He said, well, I don't know how to do all that. And I, don't know, I, I don't know how to read the Bible. Get a, become part of a life group. Become a part of a Bible study. Get together with other people who are walking this path. They may be a little further down the road than you are, more, more mature than you are. 
say, hey, I need to learn. I need to grow. How, how can I know what God's given me? How can I know this? They will help you. I promise they'll help you. Get, get a part of a, become a part of a life group. Become a part of a Bible study. There's so many things that you can do. But we can't, come on, we can't be lazy Christians. we got to say, all right, I'm pursuing this God who has pursued me. I love what G.K. Chesterton said. G.K. Chesterton was born in the 19th century, died in the 20th century. He was British, and he, he wrote over 3,000 essays and articles. And he said this. He said, we do not really want a religion that is right where we are right. What we want is a religion that is right where we are wrong. We do not want, as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. And so we've got to say, God, I want your word to overtake my life. I want your spirit to overtake my life so that I can have the joy that you've promised me. And yes, maybe my family has not been joyful people, but I choose joy. I choose the joy that God gives me. Maybe, my, maybe your family has been very drama-stricken, like everything's got to be in drama and uplifting, and you're like, I'm so tired of drama. I receive the peace that God gives me. And I'm not going to let anybody steal it from me. But fourthly and lastly, we see that our God is a God of joyful influence. Verses 17 and 18, we see the powerful effect that the shepherds had on people around them. Now, they may have continued uh, being shepherds. I, I would think they probably were, but they had a different purpose now. Not was it, it wasn't just keeping the sheep, but now they had to keep the sheep and to be a witness of what they had experienced and what they had seen. Verse 17 and 18, it says they went and shared the good news and everybody who heard it was, was, was amazed by it. And that's the call that we have is that what has God done in our lives? We are called to proclaim that. What has God said to us? What has he promised us? What, what word has he given us? We, we are called to proclaim that and to see him move through his word to change people's lives. Though they remain shepherds, their priorities were certainly changed. You may work for the same company that you've worked for for many years, and yet when God does something so powerful and transitional in your life, you just have to share it with people. Because that's what God's called us to do. And what he has put within us ekes out of us because it is love. Love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and that love transitions to other people. The greatest joy in your life is when you receive the gift that God's given us. It's not a gift that's wrapped up in a package. It's a gift that's wrapped up in cloths lying in a manger, Jesus Christ. That is God's plan for your life and my life and everyone's life. It is his desire that people receive the gift that he's given. But this is an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I need, I need to have this experience of being born again. I need to have this experience of saying, God, I, I don't want to be separated from you. I want to be connected with you. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm on my own, doing my own thing and well, if we look at history, that never turns out well. Though we're all wonderful people and great people, but we're not followers of Christ until we have that experience of being born again. And that's God's call on your life today. You're here today and you say, you know what? I, I, I feel it. I know I'm lacking that. 
and I need that. Then today you can say, God, please forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for going my own way and just living my own deal. And Lord, I want to I live your deal. I want to live your life. I'm, I want to live the life you've planned for me. And so, Lord, I want to be connected to you in every way. And this guy's talking about being born again. Lord, if that's your will for my life, that's what I want. I want to be born again. And you say, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and change me to be more like you. Change me because I want to be a follower of you. And that's the very thing that God would do. God always answers, God always answers that prayer. When we say, God, please forgive me. Please come into my life. I want to go your way, connected with you. That's what I want.